0: Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It is Pastor Paul here on a Wednesday, a little chilly, December 6, 2023, year of our Lord. So what we do here each and every day, or just about each and every weekday, is we take 10 or 15 minutes to walk through a passage of scripture, and what we do is we camp out on the passage of scripture that we're going to be studying um, or, or preaching on that upcoming Sunday. And so we are in Matthew chapter 13, and this is sort of a a timeout, a pause in Matthew's gospel to take a break from the action and to hone in on the sort of a commentary on what the reader is observing. And what we've been observing, of course, is that Jesus has come to establish his bona fides, his credentials to be the king of king, the Messiah king, the fulfillment of all Old Testament prophecy, the long-awaited, anointed Christ, and that he is demonstrating this beyond a shadow of a doubt by his his works, his miracles, his teachings, but yet we've seen this strange phenomenon that we have people sort of dividing themselves up into groups according to their heart response to Jesus' teaching. And so Matthew's giving us the, these, this, this Matthew 13 is, is sort of this, per, not parentheses is not the right word, but a kind of a commentary on what we're seeing. And he's doing it through parables, all right? And so the last two weeks, we've been through a couple of parables, but now Jesus introduces to us three last parables. And let's read those together and, and keeping in mind the context, because remember, the reason we do these devotionals is not just to dispense commentary or theological information, but to help all of us become better students of the Word, to study God's Word together, to, for you to get a sense of how I'm wrestling with a passage, and hopefully that will maybe give you some tools for your um, hermeneutical tool belt to, to, to grow in your study of God's Word as, as well. So let me read the three parables, and let's dive in. So we're in Matthew chapter 13, 44. Let's read down through verse 50. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So yesterday we, we kind of hovered over verses 40, really just verses verse 44, um, and, and trying to understand, um, the value of the kingdom. Okay. Or, or upon discovering, um, the, the truths of the kingdom to what ends we might go to want to leverage our lives for that. And that was, of course, the treasure hid in the field. Well, there's a second parable here, and this one has a bit more specificity to it, okay? So we have to ask, um, if, if, if one parable would have done it for for Jesus, okay, <laughs> why does he give us a second parable to seemingly emphasize the, the same point about this pearl of great value? Well, um, this is where we want to kind of put our thinking caps on and 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 note a couple of things that are different about this parable, the parable of the pearl of great value, because on the on the surface, right, it seems very similar. Man found a treasure hidden in the field. He leveraged all he had, bought, sold to get that treasure. That's what the kingdom is like. Or the king or this merchant, he was looking for a pearl of great value, found it, went and sold and bought all he had. Okay. So Sounds very similar, right? Why is Jesus repeating himself? Well, one, Jesus knows the time-honored principle of learning, repeat, 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 right? But I think there's something going on beyond that, okay? Notice here that when the man discovers the treasure in the field, that he does so by happenstance. It surprises him. He's not expecting it. But upon discovering it, then he leverages everything he has to go and secure that treasure. Well, here in this second parable, um, the man does know what he's looking for. Okay, um, he he is looking for a very specific treasure, a pearl. And here, what we are, I think, Jesus is wanting us to to get a better glimpse grasp of is that. The, the value of the kingdom, okay, um, and the process by which one will go to get it, okay, and the, the reason I, I think we want to hone in on the value first here is that in that time, everyone would have immediately understood what Jesus was talking about in terms of discovering a pearl. See, the man in the field, it doesn't tell us what the treasure is. It's undisclosed, but here, Jesus really taps into our imagination, the imagination of the here, because everyone at that time knew how priceless, valuable pearls were. Now, we we, we still believe pearls are valuable, but if you wanted to get a, a modern, um, contemporary uh, parallel to a pearl, what would it be? It would probably be diamonds, right? So um, I'm no expert on diamonds, but... Um, all you have to do is watch movies like Blood Diamond. Um, you can see the wars that are fought over diamonds um, to know that, that we as a society esteem diamonds incredibly valuable. You know, there is, a, there is a, a state park, I think it's a state park, could be a national park in Arkansas. And I can't remember the name of the, art, of the thing, but every so often it's, it's known for producing rare gems. And it attracts a lot of tourists, people who come and look for, for, for rare gems. And every once in a while, every several years, somebody will find a diamond. And it's a big deal, right? It's splashed across the pages of the paper. And diamonds have come to hold a particular status symbol for us in our culture, right? De Beers, which is the largest diamond mining company in the world, has spent billions of dollars to tell us why we have to have a diamond to be engaged, why we have to have a diamond um, to show status, why we have to have a diamond to prove how rich we are, right? And diamonds are relatively rare. Diamonds are, are um, they are produced uh, through an arduous process by nature, okay? Leave out the whole, can you produce a synthetic diamond and all that? You, you get the parallel, right? Pearls were just like that in that age, okay? And um, the process was equally arduous to find them. Okay, and if you found one or found where you thought some were, um, it was it it was very risky. Let's put it this way: I don't have time to go into into all the background of this. Maybe we'll circle back around to it later in the week. But it was very risky, very dangerous. The process for mining pearls, as you can imagine they're underwater, there's sediments. Um, you know, at the time there's not sophisticated machinery. It was you really had to risk life and limb. But pearls were such a status of value then. You know, what would kings do? They would grind them up and drink them in their drink just to show how wealthy they were. So put, insert the word diamond, you begin to get a sense here. And Jesus says, heaven, the kingdom of heaven, is like this, okay? Um, it's invaluable. It's 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 the most valuable thing that you could put your mind upon, okay? And so for them, it was pearls. Maybe it's us, it's diamonds or gold. And he went and sold all that he had and bought it. And this was a risky venture, right? Uh, risky in terms of the amount of investment it would take, risky in terms of the process of mining it. So So Jesus here in this parable, brings a level of specificity to this. It, It helps us to understand what Jesus is talking about here. The kingdom of heaven is beyond priceless. The kingdom of heaven is beyond measure. The kingdom of heaven, even if it requires life and limb to secure, is worth every penny, and we have to ask why. Because again, that's what the parable is forcing us to understand. Well, when you think about it for half a second, it's, it's not complicated. It only becomes complicated in a fallen world where we have to weigh out what's valuable and not valuable. Okay. So clearly, what makes the kingdom of heaven valuable is, the, is its durability, right? Its eternality, its consistency, its dependability it's eternal. It's never, it's always been, it ever will be. Um, again, it's like putting your money on that sure bet. Like I mentioned yesterday, Biff and back to the future. Um, the kingdom of heaven is like that in spades to use another gambling analogy, right? And it's its durability, uh, meaning a, a pearl can be lost or destroyed. A diamond can be can be lost or misplaced, not the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus is really wanting us to shock, to shock our senses here and to put ourselves in the context, our mindful, self-aware context of our lives, which are, let's be honest, incredibly fragile. All of us are a phone call away from some disaster, right? Some loved one, some, um, some incident. Um, we are um, literally... Until suffering and tragedy come upon us, which remind us of how fragile life is, it's so easy to forget though, right? And so these parables are like smelling salts. They're meant to awaken us to the reality that if our hope is in this life, in this life only, um, then we, a people, are are, are to be the most pitied, right? And this doesn't mean that we don't put value in this life. It just means what, where are we looking for the value? Or, or what is of most value? And of course, the answer to that is gonna be the things of God. People, their souls, okay? Not wealth, not affluence, not uh, materialism, none of that stuff. It's going to be in the eternality, okay, of God, his glory, and people's souls. And when we begin to think about life, or the kingdom of heaven as like this, then it really will shape our priorities, will it not? It'll shape how we spend it'll it'll our money. It will shape our time, our priorities, our relationships. Um, because if we're putting effort into maintaining the things of this life to the exclusion of the kingdom of God, or not in light of the kingdom of God, we are going to be sorely disappointed time and time again. And so again. Jesus is saying, the, the kingdom of heaven is like that. It's worth your very life, all right? So that's where we end today. Now, tomorrow we're gonna talk about the parable of the net, and then Friday we will close out this passage, all right? Let's pray that God will open our eyes to the supreme value and treasure of Jesus and his kingdom today. All right, Lord, give us grace and mercy. Help us. Lord, it's, it's so easy to have our vision clouded. It's so easy to prioritize things that are not permanent. But Lord, we want to leverage our lives for that which lasts forever, and that's you and your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.